Welcome to the 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom Podcast. I'm Melissa Joy, a certified financial planner and founder of Pearl Planning. And I'm Melissa Friedenberg, financial advisor with Pearl Planning. Pearl Planning is a financial planning and investment management company located in Dexter and Gross Point, Michigan. We work with clients all around the country. The purpose of our podcast is to explore specific financial topics and provide advice you can use in your everyday life. Welcome back to the 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom Podcast. It's Melissa Joy here today, and I am thrilled to be joined by Deanna Gannis, who is joining us to talk about her work on financial wellness, especially as it associates with you having agency and owning your story, getting your story right, so then you can work on the strategies that help to increase personal financial well-being. Deanna's going to tell us a lot about her personal background, but as a brief introduction, she is a financial educator and empowerment coach at All the Colors. Her love of numbers and desire to see others flourish, those both dance to the same beat. And while Deanna's technical skills will help clients quickly navigate financial questions, it's her ability to empower them that transforms their relationship with money. Deanna, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Melissa. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so glad to have you join us. And just as a quick point of reference for our audience, we met each other at the Morningstar Investment Conference last month. And you have a new organization, All the Colors, which is really looking to do interesting, powerful, important work in the world of financial education, and there's a lot of overlap with financial planning. So I can't wait to hear all about it in your own words. But to get started, can you just give us a little introduction? Sure, definitely. So in my introduction, I talk about how my love of numbers and desire to help others flourish or dance to the same beat. It took a couple of different tries before I found my full-on calling as a financial planner. And what's interesting is that I worked in the financial services industry while I was in college. But the experience that I had at a broker dealer just left me with a bad taste. And I ended up going into social work and then demographic analysis and then profitability analysis before finally coming around to seeing that financial planning really was where my heart was. And I think, um, I mean, we always hear about how we need to have more diversity in this industry, right? When we think about equity, inclusion, belonging, and I, I wish that I had had an introduction to the kind of work that you do as a financial planner, the work that your firm does, as opposed to being introduced in an area that was more focused on asset gathering. But now through all the colors, I mean, I spent time working with high net worth individuals at a more traditional registered investment advisory firm, which was lovely. But coming from my Latino background, I really wanted to help my community. And I saw that there's there's a huge gap in between like, yes, financial literacy is really important, having all of the information, but then the implementation, right? Like actually sticking with it day in, day out, the people need a lot more support there. So through all the colors, I'm really focusing on, on building that community for people to grow those skills. That's beautiful. And I agree with you having worked in financial services for more than 20 years. You know, if you bring a friend from outside of our profession or industry to a conference or a gathering of financial professionals, 
they will say, this doesn't look like the real world. Like it's too male, you know, there's not a lot of representation of people of color. And so, you know, things are getting a little better, but not quickly enough. And I am so excited to amplify and elevate your voice, especially as a Latina. So one of the things I think is really interesting is you're not just working with people one-on-one. You're building a community where participants within that community might talk to each other. Can you tell me what that looks like? Yeah. So one of the best ways to form a new habit, and this is from like James Clear, Atomic Habits, and Charles Duhigg, The Power of Habits. It's really... And because a lot of money management comes down to like, what habits do you have? Like, what behaviors do you have with money? So one of the best ways to form those habits is to join a group that already has, that's already doing what you're doing or is learning to do what you want to do, right? So if you want to get healthier, join a gym. If you want to start reading more, join a book club. And money is such a taboo. Like we rarely talk about it with other people. Absolutely. I think that is probably shared across cultures, right? Especially in America, it's just not something that people are comfortable doing. And and the way that I get around that is, I mean, I don't get around it. It's very much like the people who are interested in community coaching come to the community coaching program. And then it's all about like, how much are you comfortable sharing? Right. I work a lot on creating a really like a safe container. Like we have expectations of how we communicate with each other. There's like confidentiality. We focus a lot on like looking at our own experience as opposed to advice giving. So again, the community aspect of it is super important. And then the education portion of it, like I also provide like ongoing education through the Grove, which is like an online platform. But information, like, again, going back to my first thing, information is not enough. You also need to know how do you implement it. You also need to have people kind of like supporting you, reflecting back where you want to go as you're doing it. So one of the things, for example, again, growing up as a Latina, I remember years ago, my dad asking me, like, why are you saving for retirement? Right? Which is insane. My, like my dad's in his fifties at the time, he was in his fifties in his late early sixties now. And he was like, why, why are you doing that? Like, what if you don't make it? You know, like you got to live today. And it's not like the entire, not, not like the entire Latino community is like that, but we really don't have that. At least my parents as immigrants don't have that idea of like saving for retirement. It's more like we rely on our family. Mm-hmm. So if I'm coming from there, right. If that's kind of where I grew up, And then I want to move over here to a place where like I am saving for retirement while also enjoying my life today. Like it can feel like a lot of dissonance can feel really strange to like go against what my culture and even what my instinct says. Mm -hmm. What do you do in that gap, right? Between getting here to getting there. What's the gap? It can be really isolating. Again, that's why I'm creating, I'm, I'm offering a community program where like you won't feel isolated. You'll be supported as you go from that bridge of like where you were to where you want to go. And also like we spend a lot of time on mindset and kind of and integrating, right? And really thinking like, okay, that makes, I mean, again, back to the Latino experience, that makes sense for my dad because it's happened many times where like you put money aside and then the government changes or something happens. And all the money that was there, it wasn't secured, right? That also happens a lot of like in the black community with like, I mean, if you hear about, what happened in Tulsa a hundred years ago where like mm-hmm. this community had wealth and it was ravaged and 
Black Wall Street. So again, kind of addressing, sorry, kind of addressing that like trauma in the middle. Right. Where we, that's where this community coaching comes in. Well, I'll tell you that just creating the space in the work that I do for people to be vulnerable and for people to share their personal experiences and stories and not make having an assumption about, you know, that their parents would think that it's a good idea to save for retirement or that they have role models growing up who, you know, had higher ed and, you know, had confidence in money beyond week to week is, has been an extraordinary gift for me as a professional to create a um, kind of onboarding process with clients where I do give them that space. I don't say, tell me your most embarrassing money moment. I just honor and respect people's personal stories. And what that results in is, is extraordinarily powerful conversations that are a gift as much to my clients as they are, as much to me as to my clients, because I get to see the true empowerment of being told I know that's the way it's always been and it doesn't have to always be that way. And, and money doesn't have to always be a stressor or something that you feel like is a burden. You know, you deserve to have this money be a safety net for you. And so you building programming with your social work background that not only gives space for that, but actually tells people how they may be feeling or thinking and why is extraordinary. It's, it's just a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I, and I want to highlight what you just said of like, you give people the opportunity to share, right. And you just like buy you as a certified financial planner, someone who knows money, well, giving them that space and listening to them, like they'll, it just, it can be really change, life-changing. I remember when I was in college going to a bank, I'm like, I was going to open up a Roth IRA because I'd heard of it. I was studying in school. I knew I was supposed to. And then this young man told me that I didn't need to. And I said, okay. And I didn't think about it again. You know, I had saved a couple thousand dollars from like my part-time job and my scholarships and whatever. And I think it was like another five years before I went back to open up that Roth IRA. So again, it's just like, you can have all of the information in the world, but if you don't have like trusted guides to help you navigate it, it, it just makes a world of difference. It's huge. And the world is converging. You know, the, this is important discussions when you're in a relationship with someone with a different financial background than you and a different, you know, just history. I Some of the most powerful moments have been helping members of a family understand each other's perspective and background. So that's a huge deal as well. I want to talk a little bit because I really feel like it's a prime example. I've had these discussions with people who are in the wellness field talking about the how it compares to the financial field. I mean, I really feel that everything we do is wellness, but you really state that out loud. But talk to me about financial stress and how the work that you do might be able to reduce that. Yeah. Well, you just mentioned a great example, right? So between family members, if they have different approaches to money and they're, if like, if one of them, it's like, created these like five different archetypes. And if one of them is a spender and the other one is a saver, and like, of course, that's always the one that conflicts, right? So how do you help them talk to each other? 
And financial stress really is a huge cause of mental health issues. Like people sometimes stay in jobs that are really stressful and relationships. Like they get so focused on like making today match, right? They get so focused, like their time, their money constraints are so tight that they don't actually have a chance to step back and think like, what is the bigger picture? Where am I really headed? I want to just pause for just a moment because we recently did an episode on financial abuse with Stacey Francis. And one of the key reasons people remain in abusive relationships is because of just not knowing that they have other options um, and violent abusive relationships, but money is a, is a big factor. So um, I will put, put a link to that episode into our show notes, but I mean, this is a huge deal. This isn't just like, Hey, feel good about money. This is like life altering work that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. The work that it's, I mean, money is such a huge part of our lives, right? Like you have a relationship with money from like what, eight, nine, 10 years old. up until earlier. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it just, it keeps on going. And like whatever your parents and grandparents did with money, you're likely to continue doing it with yourself. Those patterns keep going. So, I mean, and we, we see that research all the time that people's financial stress causes mental health stress takes years off your life, right? So Mm -hmm. it's a big deal. So how would you help to not just be like, oh, working with me reduces your financial stress. What are the actual actions that are helping to make things better? Well, I talk a lot about owning our agency in this area of your life, right? So one, okay, you identify that you have financial stress and that it's causing you like mental health issues that you're like having insomnia or whatever it is. Then it's identifying, well, where is the stress coming from? Right. So then it's feeling empowered enough, feeling that you own, have you enough agency in there to go and start making changes. Because once you know what the problem is or have an idea of what the problem is, you can start taking actions in the direction of the solution. Agency is knowing that you can make changes, knowing that you have what it takes to understand that area of your life, right? It's thinking, okay, so my car is having a weird noise. I'm going to take it to the mechanic. It's it's just like, sim- it can be really, really simple, but it's knowing that you, it's, it's, it's as opposed to like giving your power away to structures around you, it's mm-hmm. owning it back into yourself. My favorite example is, is um, if you think of the racial wealth gap, right? For every dollar that a white man earns, a woman of color, a Latina specifically, earns 53 cents. Wow. It's huge. Latinas are like have the biggest wage gap, and and it it depends, right? It's across like depending on your education, it's different. But still, that amount is huge, and owning your agency and that is knowing it. And then when you go in for an employee review, it's asking, how do I compare to men in my position? How do I compare to white women in my position? And you have no idea what they're going to say. You have no idea what your employer is going to say, but you even asking is owning your agency. It's owning the fact that you, you can ask those questions. And again, I, I mean, I've done this and I want to call out my privilege because I am a single person. I don't have a mortgage. I don't have children to support, right? So there's flexibility there. And you can look at it on the other side. 
if I were in a relationship, then my partner would be supporting me, like would be helping support me financially. So it's, and yet if we always have to like go in there with our eyes, like go into any money transaction, any transaction, really any decision with our eyes open of like, what is the entire playing field like? And how can I advocate for myself? Absolutely. I think that having the ability to identify where there is stress or where there may not be as much of an infrastructure built by your past and your experiences and your family's experiences or, you know, the experiences that you were brought up in is huge. And then understanding what agency looks like and means. I also think that, you know, because there is that gap that it's more likely that you may become an entrepreneur or you may be working for yourself. And then there's a whole nother set of skills that you are going to need to explore. I don't think it's, it's a coincidence that a lot of my friends who have started financial planning businesses happen to be women, perhaps because they were exploring the gender gap in pay with dissatisfying outcomes or dissatisfying outcomes in terms of who they're able to serve and things like that. So we're getting really deep, but I would, I wanted to make sure that we talked a little bit about your strategies after you've identified, you know, who you are, where the stresses are, then in the group sense um, with all the colors, how, how do you help people to understand what strategies they may be utilizing and kind of follow through that implementation phase, which is so important that you don't just identify a problem and then let, let it fester, but you're actually able to, you know, con- to work on those things so that they become solutions. And here I'll use an example of like um, the money scripts that you may have or like the money patterns you may have. If you have a pattern of like, I... For example, I had a participant, like whenever they earned money, they would spend money, right? Mm -hmm. Money comes in, money goes up. And like, (laughs) there was, there was always this sense of like, I'm sure I'll make more next month. I'm sure it was kind of unbalanced. And they were at a point where they're like, I'm done with this stress. I don't want to have to think like, why was I three months ago so flush? And now I'm like down here doing nothing. And like, and they knew what the strategy they had to set up was, was like a regular cash flow, regular spending plan. But having that knowing intellectually with the strategy was not enough because there was a need that they weren't addressing. They weren't addressing like what their personality was like with money, right? And they weren't, they, they, when they thought of like structure, they felt stifled. So it was hard to even consider how a structure could benefit them. Absolutely. And there's, there's so much difference in time frame as you start to unpack the, what it takes to build wealth. So what they, what they had ended up doing was like kind of pausing more of like, okay, so I, they didn't, they just wanted to spend less time thinking about money, but because Mm -hmm. they had no structure, they were spending more time thinking about money. And once that kind of came up to the surface, they're like, okay, I'm going to spend this amount of time here. And then I'll have so much more energy kind of freed up to think about like their business or whatever else they were doing, their family, their vacation and, and building wealth. Like you said, like it is. It is a long-term game. Often people think there's like a get rich quick strategy, but then you hear about lottery winners who literally get rich quick and then get broke quick too. Yep. Unless there's a mindset change and like really good systems and really good guides, you're just going to go back to what you know how to do, even if it's not serving you. Well, kudos to you for doing the work to 
create a space that is built for this mindset shift. I think that so much of the work that we do, whether it's financial or just goal setting in life, it has to do with mindset. And we're learning that more and more, the intersection of psychology and everything we do, especially finance. So tell me a little bit about your cohorts and workshops and how people can find you. Yeah. And thank you. Thanks for the question. And echoing again, that mindset shift, another benefit of working in a community is that it really like normalizes your experience, mm-hmm. right? So this person, when they shared, like, I, like some months I have so much and some months I have so little, there was someone else who said like, I've experienced the same thing. And like, these are kind of the things that I had to do to move through it. That normalizing it makes it easier to start to address the problem. Yes. And it, again, it shows you your power. It shows you your agency. It also, and I use this so often recently, it helps you to, when you can be a problem solver for someone else, sometimes you can see the changes that you're unwilling to make for yourself. So I sometimes in a challenging situation where the client knows what they should do, but they just can't get over the mindset. I'm like, well, would you find it acceptable if your best friend chose not to make a change? What would you tell them to do? And of course they would tell them to do the thing that would be more beneficial to them, but it's difficult to change when you're, you feel like you don't have that agency because you haven't taken it for yourself or been, been taught that it's there or, or found it. So I can, I can imagine I haven't been in, in your community, but I can imagine how that would be really evident when you start to do the community work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's always so much easier to solve your friend's problem than your own problem, right? Right. Yes. <laughs> so my main community offering, it's a six-month program. It's called Wolske Money. Wolske means uh, forest in Spanish. And what it offers, it's um, so it's a series of community sessions, right? So there's a lot of community sessions over the six months. There's also some evergreen content, like the educational aspect of it. And monthly um, Q&A sessions. So if you have any kind of money session question, you can come into a drop-in community session and like ask me, right? Again, I'm not a registered investment advisor firm. I don't plan to be one. I don't give individual investment advice, but I can tell you what volatility is. I can tell you, I can, you come and ask me what alpha is, I'll translate it for you so that you don't have to go read a thousand Google articles and get super confused. So that's kind of like, it's a, it's a, it's a quick drop-in offering. And then I also do offer like a one-on-one session so we can go and look at your overall financial situation. We talk about risk management, estate planning, and I give referrals to like people that could serve you. Some of the people that come through Wolfskin Money may need like individual one-on-one financial planning and they may need more investment advice. Other people are just like, okay, go get, go buy life insurance, right? Go talk to a life insurance agent because you have dependents, you have like, or you're pregnant or whatever the situation is. It's go talk to attorneys. This is what a power of attorney is. It's like, it's a lot of translating. So I think mm-hmm. of myself a lot as a money translator. So that's the six-month community coaching program. And I'm planning to offer the next one probably in September of this year. I also do a lot of uh, workshops, one-hour, two-hour workshops on like specific money subjects. I'm having one on, on cash flow on June 13th. And I'm calling it La Bougette and La Lune because it's, it's like the budget and the moon. And I'm talking about how like, you know how the moon just goes through different cycles? Our cash flow does too. You know, like 
if you have to pay insurance annually and like after you pay your annual insurance, but you might be like, oh my God, my, my emergency fund's a lot lower than it should be. Or like, however it is that you're managing yeah. it, especially when you live month to month, but it's cyclical, you know? And like, how do you ride those waves and how do you prepare for them? How do you have, again, agency when you know those waves are coming? And I'm having an, a workshop on archetypes with a friend of mine who's a therapist. So I'm going to talk about different money archetypes. And then she's going to talk about generational trauma, right? And how do those fit into each other? One of the archetypes that I, that I because I created this like five archetype based on like my research that I've done and my experience in financial planning. One of them I call like the giving tree. It's someone who's always working for others, like always giving to others, never thinks of themselves. And that is like the epitome of my grandmother, right? <laughs> so whenever I sense that in myself, whenever I see that, like I'm putting myself last, I kind of think like, thank you, grandma. Thank you, abuelita, for this lesson, for like being a good community provider that let me balance it out because I don't want to be resentful. I love, love, love that. And if you have any like, you know, kind of short essays where we can link to resources. We'll make sure to have a link to your website and to workshops. And also, I just think that you're doing beautiful, important work. I'm so glad that the universe, you know, connected us, Deanna, and we got to meet each other. And I loved this conversation. So I don't know if you can hear the admiration and appreciation in my voice, but hopefully the audience knows this is honest and authentic. I think it's really beautiful. Thank you. They also offer like, I take on like five clients at a time for limited one-on-one. So that's also something and you can reach out to me directly to ask more about that. Well, we'll have all of your links and resources in our show notes, Deanna. And let's keep up the conversation, keep doing this great work and keep giving voices of power in, in finance to people who haven't not previously received representation. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa. You can access our first two seasons of this podcast on our website at www.pearlplan.com or on Spotify. If you're interested in learning more about Pearl Planning, feel free to sign up for our newsletter also found on our website.